Welcome to the Salon Owners Collective Podcast. Each week on the podcast, you'll hear stories and tactics from experts and influencers who will provide you with actionable steps to transform your business and your life. I'm your host, Larissa McClemon, and I help salon owners move from stress and overwhelm to lead a life of freedom and profit by implementing a strategic framework to grow and scale their business. So wherever you are in the world, I want to officially invite you to join me in this episode and make an important step in your journey towards more freedom and more profit. Let's take a moment to reflect as we step into 2021 a new year filled with new possibilities. But I think first we must look back on the crazy, unpredictable, unprecedented year that has just passed in order for us to truly look forward into 2021. And to make the best of this new year, to truly level up, you must become somebody different than you've been before in 2020. Because if nothing changes, guess what? Nothing changes. If you stay the same and do the same as you did last year, Everything will stay the same and lunacy is doing the same as you've done before, but expecting a different result. So let's work towards bringing out your best and become a real salon CEO in 2021 instead of just having another emotional roller coaster year. I want to dive into some of the big lessons of 2020, look back on the year that was, the year that's gone, so we can have a really clear head moving into 2021. Then we can truly focus on mastering your inner salon CEO, stepping up into your role as business owner and prepare for the year ahead. Okay, so let's get started with my first big piece, something that was the real focus for 2020 actually. With the rocky year that we've had, many salons have persisted through shutdowns, lockdowns, opens, closes, quarantines, all the rest, you know, you were there. And something that's really good that stepped out, stood out to me Uh, throughout all of this is that sometimes we need to go back to the basics and what I mean by this is utilizes the resources that we already have available to us the low-hanging fruit and really take advantage of those before we're constantly looking for new bright shiny objects like it's right there in front of us it's so obvious sometimes we forget one way to do this is to realign the focus and make more from the clients that you already have. Like we don't need to focus always on filling the bucket with new, fresh clients. Sometimes we just need to plug the holes of what we already have. Now, I spoke about this in in a recent episode where I suggested that one very key way to make more from the clients that you already have, and I'm going to share it with you now. Let's check it out. Number one. Well, the number one actually I decided was super easy. Put your prices up. Okay, I know it's easy and I know it's obvious, but do you know what? People don't do this enough. Too many owners I see and talk to don't have a regular timeline or system or process to do this on a regular basis. Should be annual at minimum and not just put put your haircut up by $3, please. <laughs> Look, honestly, like inflation is two or 3% per annum. And so you need to put your prices up more than that. If you just put it up at two or 3% per annum, you're just staying the same. So you need to top that number, which means at least 4% increase per annum, which is really only increasing 1%. It's pretty miserable, right? How long does it take to double, if you put your prices up um, 1%, how many years does it take for you to double your business? It's not 100 years, 
it's not quite it's not quite that long but it's a long time right so sometimes you need to just be a little bit more brave and uh for some of you it's been a long time you might need to get you know to get back in the game you might need to put it up as high as 10 percent in any case it needs to be on your annual calendar put your prices up regularly okay so that was an easy one right maybe easier for some than for others but it's important which is why it's number one so what i want to know from you now was when was the last time you put your prices up are you well overdue for a price increase so leave me an itunes review let me know or in the profitable and successful facebook group let me know i want to know because i actually think in general the importance of pricing can actually be overlooked I think too often salons are afraid to put their price up or feel nervous when it comes to establishing a pricing structure because they're scared of what clients will say or what people will think. But actually when it comes down to it, if your expertise is clearly established and you're known for being the best at what you do, then I think it should be worth what you are charging and the right clients will recognize that. And when it comes to pricing, it's all about believing in your own value, knowing how to charge for the skills that you and your team have with a clear pricing strategy that ultimately leads you to your success, not away from your success. I recently spoke with a good friend of mine, Christina Russell from the Color Christina Talks podcast, all about this topic actually. So I want us to tune into that conversation and uh, have a recap on that really important piece. What is the main reason that you believe it's important or you from experience know that it's important to have a structured and clear price list? Well, uh, it's an interesting topic. I think first and foremost, you can't sell a secret. Like <laughs> how else are your, your, your prospective and existing clients to know one, what you do, two, how much of an investment that they need to put aside to be able to do business with you? Um, you can't sell a secret. And so imagine going to a restaurant and you sat at the table and they came and said, well, what would you like? You said, well, what is there? <laughs> Do you know? You need you need to be able to uh, articulate to your clients what, um, what it is that you do and how much it costs. And I think the thing that we forget is that there's this whole journey that happens for clients before they get to us in the chair. We're used to them in the chair and we have the conversation. But what about when they're deciding whether or not you will be the service provider for them? What about when they're uh, stalking your website or stalking you online? How will they know if you're the business for them? Because there are a lot of considerations. There's um, do they... Do they know, like, and trust you? Do they like the look of you or your team? Do they trust that you've got the technical skill to be able to do that? Um, do they know your area of expertise? Is it easy to park and get physically get to you? And are you in the right price range? And I think it's really important that uh, not only do we want to, them to know the services that we do and how we do business, that we do packages or that we do colour extensions or all of these things that we do um, but people have their own bias about their own or their own brand alignment or spending habits so for example it's a good way to think about it if we take it into another industry and say most of us could take a makeup or skincare brand and say we are this and we're not that so for example if we took Lancome um, Maybelline uh, let's go Lancome L'Oreal and Maybelline just as sort of three brands so Lancome you say was top top end 
they're the more expensive, the more exclusive product. L'Oreal's just somewhere in the middle and maybe Maybelline's at the bottom. I don't know, there's probably lots of examples I could use, but that's just what I can think of now. Um, and um, people who buy Lancome will not buy Maybelline. Like they just won't do that. And so when you uh, are brand positioning, they look at the look, at the, the aesthetic of your brand, the, the you know, the, the results that you do, and they align that to their brand alignment, but they also do that with price. And so, you know, there's no right that you're cheap or that you're expensive or that you're in the middle because there's a market for all of those. You just need to be clear who who you are and make sure that you're consistent between your brand look and your brand price and all of those, those touch points um, because your customers will be judging you on that and making their buying decision upon that. And so if you're on the higher end, expensive end, you will attract a certain type of client. If you're on the lower end, you'll attract a different type of client who have, and both will have different uh, things that are important to them. Does that make sense? You, you might assume that the people that want the more expensive brand and align themselves with more expensive brands probably are after a more luxury experience. Maybe they want to take their time to do things. Uh, this is not mutually exclusive, but is more likely. And the people that want the cheaper, maybe the, the, the things that are important to them are different. Maybe they do have the time or maybe they don't have the time. They want, they don't, maybe they don't want complicated color techniques and they just want to be in and out super quick. So understanding who our, our target demographic is and then pricing accordingly is just as important as pricing accordingly for our own break-even and profit, um, you know, an hourly rate. Does that help explain the importance of pricing a little better maybe and why there's no right or wrong? It's just important to find your niche. Okay, great. So there are still a few topics that I want to cover. One of them is profit, super important. But did you know profit actually is a choice? When I first opened my salon and I was 20, I had no idea what true profit even was, let alone how to make it or chase it. Uh, each year I grew more and more frustrated as my annual profit was reading the same number and it was a miserable, num miserable number at that. I craved growth, I craved more income, but I didn't know what I should be doing differently. That's when I realized that profit is a choice. To become profitable, you need to make the choice to make profit, profit a priority daily. So let's tune in and this is exactly how. To get started with doubling your profit, here are a few things that you need to think about. First of all, let's understand why profitability is important. It's so important that it's number two in this podcast, podcast series, right? Right here along with self-mastery. So I do prioritize it. Also in my salon program, Salon Mastery, Powerful Profits is the second framework that we work through. And it's number two for a reason. Because without understanding your business from a financial point of view, you cannot know where you are and thus not know where you're going. You're just uh, not just financially, but in terms of the bigger picture, the whole picture of your business. You can't make good CEO decisions if your business, uh, you can't make good CEO decisions for your business without knowing the numbers. The data becomes your oracle, right? or the compass by which you follow as you travel down this journey of business. It's that simple, really. Instead, when this is absent and you, you rely on your emotions or your gut feelings to be making the big decisions about your business, about what you should be doing with your money, buying decisions, 
employing or paying wages decisions, whatever you should pay yourself. And I think that's not being a res responsible CEO. It's not a responsible CEO way to run your business. Now, of course, if you have survived in business until, to, until today without having an oracle, without being good at the numbers, then congratulations. Congratulations to you. Like you have strong instincts. But what got you here to today is not going to get you to where you are going. It's not going to get you to there, wherever that goal is. And too many owners are not making enough profit in their business, like way too many for my liking. And of course, I was one of them in the early stint of my business life. But at some, some point, we have to make a decision to make profit. Profitability is actually a decision, a conscious decision. When I first opened my salon, I was 20 years old. I had no idea what true profit even was, let alone how to make it. And um, my goal was to make $30,000 a year. Woohoo! Big goals. Uh, each year, I grew more and more frustrated as my annual profit was reading the same number year in and year out, yet we were growing. My team was growing. My, my sales were growing. Uh, that number, by the way, was 20K. 20K the profit uh, was uh, at the end of each year. Very devastating. I craved growth, but I really didn't know what I should be doing differently. And then I realized profit is a choice. I remember the day clearly that I made the decision for profit to be a choice. I remember where I was sitting, what I did, what I wrote. And I owed it to my team, my clients, my business, and most importantly, and most importantly myself. Um, I had the push that I need to make some simple changes that I could make pro profit my priority. I actually wrote profit is king. Now, funnily enough, I felt funny about that, making profit king and really putting a stamp on it. But I knew that I needed profit to be a choice. I knew I needed to prioritize that. I've discovered over time, though, that how you think and behave around money will determine not only how much money you can make from your business, but how wealthy you'll become. Now, I call this your money story, and it starts way back from when you were a child and how you were taught to think about money from those around you. So have a think now about how your family treated money. Was it that rich people were, quote-unquote, filthy rich? Maybe you never spoke about money. Maybe you didn't learn how to manage money, how to spend it, or how to hold on to it. Maybe your parents were wealthy and you learned how to spend it, did you learn how to make it or how to keep it? And for some, the pull of making profit is not strong enough to overcome the pain that you have to overcome to prioritize profit. Like sometimes you need to make some big changes, big decisions. For example, your whole business model might be out of whack. For example, it might be set up in a way that you can never make profit. But how do you know that? how or what you pay your team. Maybe it's set up wrong and there's not enough left in the business, but you have to, you know, not enough left in the business for profit, but you also need to pay a living wage. Maybe your rent is killing you, but you're stuck in a lease. Who's your supplier? While you might love the products or the people, maybe you're not charging enough to actually match what it is that you're investing in your, in your uh, product or your supplier. Maybe your pricing is all out of whack. And when, you've, when you're thinking about big things like that, for, for some of you, some big thing has to shift in order for you to make a profit. 
sometimes those big decisions feel, well, big. There's a baseline of expenses to just open the door, right? Not only do you need to know this, but your first job is to understand what each department of your business needs to be. If you're missing some vital or fundamental piece, no matter how many offers you put out there into the world, new clients that you pull in, you're never going to make it. You only have 100% of the money that you have. And if your current expenses add up to more than that 100% that came in, then you have no hope of making ends meet. Now, if those big things are blocking you from taking the next step or blocking you from being profitable, then you've got some work to do. Start to think more strongly and strategically about making money. You might even realize that those big things that are holding you back from being profitable, especially if you love them, like you love your team or you love your supplier or you love your location. Uh, and while these steps may uh, sound daunting, I promise, promise you, if I can do it, if I can make those changes, then you can too. Now, what I suggest is you get out the guide, the profit planner, and write down some of the potential blocks that you may have in your financial business model. Get them written down into the planner. I told you we were covering a lot, so get it out now and jot some of those things down. Everyone's story is different, and it's important that you know your own money story so you can learn to overcome them. You want to think about those big blocks. You're only one decision away from living a completely different life in the journey towards more freedom and profit. How often do you look at your numbers? I hope that after listening to that snippet uh, that you'll begin to start looking at this daily. Remember that the only way out is through. So burying your head in the sand will get you absolutely nowhere. Okay, it wouldn't be a 2020 year in review if we didn't talk about the elephant in the room, and that is COVID-19. It had a massive impact on the hair and beauty industry. We all faced challenges that were different, uh, but kind of oh so similar at the same time, right? One of the biggest challenges though was being closed, whether that was for safety reasons, because of government instructed lockdowns or other COVID inflicted scenarios, there were a lot. And so many salon owners had to face the obstacle of closing their salon doors. And then trying to figure out what the heck to do next. So I released a podcast telling you exactly what to work on, when to work on, or what you should be doing that you may not, when you may not be be able to work in your salon location when you can't be open operating on clients. So let's take a quick review uh, of that podcast. Okay, I think the first thing um, that I think you should be investing some time on, even if it's for this first one, is it's called Rethink How You Do Business. What can you change in your business? Because if you're on lockdown or you can't trade right now and you're closed, you have some space. And this is, this is one of those hard things that actually it's your job to think. This is not something that you, get a t you write on your list and get a tick with. Like there's real satisfaction of having a to-do list and getting some ticks. But the problem with constantly living out of a to-do list is that you don't allow yourself to think bigger and to rethink things and to think things out of the current box into new shapes. So I want you uh, to go for long walks, to have a long bath, <laughs> to do the things that you can without breaking the law. Like for me right now, if I go out on an outing that's breaking the law, I'm allowed to go for a walk. So, but this is my gift. This is my opportunity. This is the universe talking to us and saying, I am gifting you this. So I want you to harness it. 
So one of the first things you can think about rethinking is how do you work as a CEO? Is the current way that you are operating on a daily basis outside of this COVID-19 activity, outside of this, how are you working? Are you in a mouse wheel? Are you enjoying it? Do you love what you do? Are you stressed? And are you really operating in stylist or therapist? Are you operating a manager or are you actually living your role as a CEO? This is your opportunity to redefine. When you go back to the salon and back to operating or back to full hours, you have choice now. If you can survive this financial downturn, hells a bells are you can survive anything. Now is the time to make a change. So how you work as a CEO, I want you to redefine that. And what about your systems and processes? What about some of the things that you've wanted to fix or redefine or reevaluate in your business or you want to get them written on paper? Now is the time. Rethink how you do business. Maybe your team, how they work together, what's the infrastructure, the hours that they work, the focus points, um, the team uh, organizational chart, who you have in your team and who you don't want in your team. This is the time to rethink how you do business. What about income generating activity? Are you prioritizing it? Is it a focus for your business? Is it something that's in front of your business leading the way because it should be? And if it's not, this is your time to rethink how you do business. So I have a strategy process for you in this in actual fact, and I've made it available for you as part of the Keep Your Business Alive series, and it's available for you in the Survive to Thrive Hub. Now, if you don't know already, I've created a mini program for you called the Survive to Thrive Hub, and I'm giving you free access to this program. And I'll leave you the link in the show notes. But inside that program, I cover, there are some mini masterclasses, resources, tools, checklists, and templates for you for specifically in this current environment that we're at, this COVID environment, when we, we need to survive, but then we need to quickly move into thrive. And so in those three phases, one of those phases, um, I really help you dig in to think how you do business differently. And there's an exercise in there to help you analyze, go through it with me, analyze uh, this exact question. So you come out with some clarity. So I'll leave the link for you. It's completely free. Um, dive in and get amongst it. You have the time. There's no excuses. <laughs> time to educate yourself and take action. Okay, let's step into number two. Uh, this is the time that I want you to relook at your annual plan maybe your five-year plan. Um, so how about this? How about you start with your five, redefine your five-year plan, reevaluate your annual plan. And if you were disciplined and did your annual plan at the beginning of the year, guess what's all changed? The whole world has changed in the last few weeks and few months. And I know for me and my team, and actually at this very moment that I'm recording this, the Salon Mastery uh, um, salon owners are doing redoing their quarterly plans with Greta and why is that well first of all it's the first of April today it is the beginning of a new quarter you should be doing your quarterly plan but in the last quarter the whole world has changed and what has changed from what was set out in the first quarter for the annual plan at the beginning of 2020 is almost irrelevant and redundant now yesterday me and my team went through our strategic plan and we rewrote it and for the most part we actually removed 80% of the current activities we're working on this period and we forwarded them because the priorities and the needs right now are completely different. So I give you permission to completely pivot and change your focus. Your needs will be different, but I want you to do it 
strategically. So go back to your five-year plan, come back to your one-year plan, and then do a plan for this quarter. Now, I'm mindful that some of you are still in turmoil in terms of should I close, should I be open, when will I open? It's all very uncertain. So if you only need to work in a month-by-month -month plan, that's fine. But I want you to have some... Uh, take the opportunity while you have the time to work on the long term because the long term doesn't change, right? This is just a bump in the road. This is just a pothole. Um, and like any plan, the best layers plans always have flexibility. Just because you write it down and have the discipline to write it down doesn't mean you can't edit it. So who will you need in your team moving forward? What are your big long-term goals? What is your objective and direction for the business? You can't steer the ship if you don't have a map, otherwise you're just floating around in the sea, right? So once you've got your map on paper, I want you to share it with your team. Not like immediately, necessarily, think about it, ponder on it, evolve it a little bit, but bring it to your team and get their input. And I know that a majority of our Salon Mastery Salon owners at the moment are all running their teams remotely via Zoom meeting. They're still keeping them, uh, thank God for JobKeeper, uh, in Australia and New Zealand, we have the subsidy so we can keep working. Um, and we are supported to keep people in our world, which means that we can stay connected with them. This is the time to be doing the big things with your team, talking strategic, getting their input, getting them to help with all the things, right? Okay, so number one was three, rethink how you do business. Number two is redefine your strategic plans. Number three is get to work on your business. You have the gift of time. So what should you be working on? Well, during this time and when I say work on your business. Well, clearly your planning process is going to outline that, but number three is about, well, what can those some of those things be? Well, some of those things could be, this is how we do it here document. It's a living, breathing document, but it's the thing that drive your business, drives your business. And it's the one thing that's going to help you. Uh, it's the one structure that's going to set you free. If you don't have this kind of structure inside of your business, you will never be free. And you know, I want for you to live a life of freedom and profit. And this is one of the core things, one of the big rocks that you need to be able to have in place. So this is your time to get it updated, add new things to it, evolve it, re-talk about it, re-educate it with your team, right? This is how we do it here. Systems and processes is one of the core things that will set you free. There are five parts of your business that you need to be looking at. Uh, Sales, finances, finance and profit, team, uh, marketing, uh, and of course, you, your infrastructure and your knowledge as the CEO. You are a part of the business. You're one of the five legs of the stool, right? Okay, so this is how we do it here. Maybe uh, recreating, redefining your social media and your marketing plan, resetting your objective, getting spending some time finally on setting your ideal client, getting that framework in place, Plan your content out in advance. Plan it in a way where you set the structure and delegate it to your team. Uh, redefine your nurture of your existing clients, creating a new stream of uh, new clients digitally and socially. Whatever those things are, this is the time for you to work on a long-term plan because what I want for you is to come out of this and not go, oh, shit, I haven't posted anything for a few days. What shall I post? Because if you want to live a life of freedom and profit and you really want to step into your role as salon CEO, then you need to do better than that. It's time. You have the time. Okay, let's talk about number four. Number four is create a workspace to work on your business. Now, this is a funny one and it doesn't always apply necessarily or you don't think it would apply necessarily to salon owners because you are in your business. But I want to change your mind on that. 
right? Because as the CEO, I'm encouraging you to work on your business more and more, especially once this is all over, I want you to keep that, keep that habit. So invest some time in making a really nice workable space at home. Now, um, why do I say work at home? Because you need to be in the salon a lot. I get that. So you need a good working space at the salon. Yes, you do. But I actually think you need a working space at home. Get away from the salon, the distractions. And I know sometimes as creative entrepreneurs, and if we're extroverted, we don't want to be stuck in a room or at home quietly by ourselves, but it is the best thing that can ever happen to you. Create some quiet space for you to really think and get this stuff done. I hope that was helpful because I think it's important to be able to fill our days where we can with productive activities that will continue to move the needle in your business even if it's not right now, even if you can't actually have the doors open for trading. Um, because as a business owner, it's your job to keep things moving forward in your business and try as hard as you can to keep the things running smoothly when chaos is all around the world. And let's hope that it doesn't happen again. Uh, okay, now moving on. I want to talk about some big challenges that we face in the hair and beauty industry, especially when it comes to finding and hiring staff. Now, in this episode recap, I was a guest, actually, rather than a host, uh, and I chatted with the team at Muck Global and um, the Global Artistic Director, Clive Allwright, and the Global Technician and Education Manager, Judy Seely, asked me a few juicy questions that, we, that they were all dying to know. And I want to share that with you because some great conversation and topic came up. So let's have a recap of that. So one of the greatest challenges for the industry that we that we all face, and Clive just um, mentioned um, about a scenario where, you know, a, a, a salon's lost, you know, a whole lot of their team. Um, finding staff is is a huge challenge for the industry as a whole. So how how do you kind of what's your recommendation about going about, you know, building the rock star team and 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 obviously as you said, you know, you're always going to be the last person standing as the owner of the business. But how do you what's your advice for finding the right team? Yeah, I yeah, you want to be the last man standing, not the one, not the last man standing necessarily holding the scissors, right? Yeah. Um, I think it is one of those strategic pieces inside of your business that you need to create a system and, and a process that works. And so you've got it on the ready to go at any time because, you know, you're likely to need to do it two or three times a year or more, depending on the size of your business. And I think the first mistake that I uh, see often is, well, there's two things. One is, well, actually, it's one that stems from the other. So the, the first one actually is visibility. Um, you can't sell a secret. And so I think often we make the mistake of posting socially, for example, once, hey, we're looking for someone and then we're uh, locked in by fear to ever tell people again that we're looking for someone in case people judge us and go, what, you haven't found anybody yet? Are you not good enough? It's actually the talk that goes on in our heads, right? I can't post it again. They'll think that I haven't filled the position and that I'm desperate for staff. It's only a reflection from how we're feeling ourselves. Actually, I think you can flip it. We're growing. We need more people and celebrate the fact that you're bringing new people into your business. And I say that because posting a job advertisement once is not enough. First of all, hardly anybody sees any given one post on, on a given day. You know, it might have a lot of reach, but people actually don't tune into that. You need to be visible for a long period of time um, and we want people talking about it and sharing it and because you're likely 
you know, the chances are one of your clients could know somebody who's a hairdresser whose mother's daughter's brother is looking for a job. <laughs> they need to know, you can't sell a secret. So I think visibility is the first thing. Share it all the time, like on a weekly basis. Make sure it's on your website. Make sure it's easy for people to apply with you. Um, it's super simple to confidentially get a, get a hold of you and find out more about the role. I think the other thing too is that often I see salons still quite fearful of showing themselves. Like, um, do you know, you post lots of before and after pictures or just or backs of heads and we don't actually see inside of the business to see, well, who is this team? Who are these people? Who is the owner? What is she about? And for a prospective stylist who wants to come to uh, wants to look for somewhere new, they want to know what's inside those closed doors to even see if you're their tribe. They want to see that picture and say, oh yeah, they look like they look like they have fun or they look a bit like me. I, I could see myself there. I can see myself fitting in there because uh, people won't come and look behind the curtain if they don't know what's going to be behind there because they think once they're in, they can't, oh, they'll have to make excuses to get out and so they won't, they won't even apply. So I think You've got to be visible. It's a good social media strategy anyway, because clients think the same. Clients want to see who are these people, who am I going to be stuck with in the chair for two hours? You know, I'm going to be stuck talking to, oh God, am I going to have to talk to someone who's going to talk about a cat all day? I'm not into cats, <laughs> whatever it is. Stylists think exactly the same. So you want to be visible and, and ultimately people do business with people that they know, like, and trust. So let them know you, get them to understand who you are and a little bit about you personally. Um, and then ask them if they want to come and have a job. So I think, I think the last thing is language, actually. I think, um, especially if we've been disappointed with team members in the past, we can come across quite uh, abrupt in our language. You must be qualified, you must be prepared. And there's all these demands. It's like, imagine going to the pub and you're meeting a guy on a Friday night or a girl or whoever, and you say, hey, I'd really love to buy you a drink, but you must want to have 4.5 children and you must want to live in Melbourne and you must and you must, and you've got all these rules. It's like hey, I just, just wanted to have a drink. <laughs> so I think we've got to flip the language and say, look, you know, if you're looking to grow your business, like be really proactive. If you're looking for your next opportunity and you want to grow your business, uh, grow yourself, um, then come and talk to us. Make it appealing. Because at that very moment when she's scrolling, looking for a job, she's thinking about herself. She's not thinking about you. And so you want to make your whole ad around what she wants. The career that she wants, the future that she wants, the work environment that she wants. You can tell her your rules later after the interview, but the first goal is just get the girl to call you. Yeah, great. I, I so I love that advice. And um, someone who we'll be talking to in an upcoming episode actually does that unbelievably well, and um, and it really does have an impact on um, on team members joining them and they um, this is a friend of mine Adrian from um, Delilah in Melbourne um, and um, he he's this is a, a conversation that we'll be having with him as well because he, he does have this really great social media you 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 feel like you're part of the salon um, you want to join the team and um, and he's just had new team members join him and for exactly that reason, they want to be part of what, what's going on. I want to be part of that. You want to be part of something that's going somewhere. You want to be, you want to be able to see your future in, in that business. And usually when people apply for a job with you, they've been stalking you for a while. They don't usually make a snap decision. They've never seen you before and suddenly I want to apply for a job with you. It just doesn't work that way. Usually 
you know, that's the world we're in now. We socially stalk for a while, we follow for a while, we get the vibe, and then if it feels like us, then we reach out. My head's still in the pub thinking about the... (laughs) (laughs) When you were were saying that, I just have two very close friends of mine that I know have just been exactly through that scenario. (laughs) Okay. I loved my chat with Clive and Judy. Uh, They are both absolute gems. Love you, Clive. You're such a dude. Okay. Now, we've come to the final part or the final piece of the episode that I'm wanting to look back on uh, for today. And I want to talk about the number one purpose of you as the CEO and the importance of IGA. Now, IGA, of course, income generating activity is a fundamental part of business. So it's really important to make sure that you have your head wrapped around it. When when you spend time on IGA, that results in either new client acquisition or better serving your existing clients, then you naturally increase the client spend, retention, and so much more. So in this episode, I want to share a snippet with you um, around five IGA ideas, income generating ideas that you need to be carrying out in your business. So let's jump in and recap that now. So let's dive in. I want to continue with that list and I want to talk to you about investing time to teach your team to upgrade because I truly believe that sales and marketing doesn't stop once a client makes their appointment. I think it's only the beginning. Um, I think the marketing brings the clients into the business and the sales starts once the booking has, has been made and you have the client in the chair. So we need to spend some uh, quality time with our team, teaching them how to serve our clients best. Because the one thing is uh, for sure, and I've done the maths on this myself, the more time that you spend with your client, the more that they will spend. Quality time means quality outcome, right? And that doesn't mean volume of time that you have to do all of the service yourself, but it does mean spending quality time and refining the consultation and um, sales process with your client. And it doesn't have to be sales for sales sake, but by serving your client, giving her what she wants and what she needs, not just what she booked in for, right? So I think there's an additional income generating opportunity for the clients in your chair every single hour of the day. And a small investment of your time training your team on how to upgrade your clients um, and how to give a great consultation is probably one of the best uh, investments of your time that you can possibly do. So let's, let's break it down like this. If you spent 30 minutes a week training your team on the language and the scripting to do great upgrades and great consultation, great eye contact, the right language, asking the question of what if they want to have the additional services, uh, it can make a massive impact on your top line sales, top line sales for the year, um, let alone the bottom line, right? Because you know that the more that your team make, the better uh, profitability you're going to have for your salon. So I did a little exercise and I wanted to keep it super conservative. Uh, and how can you add $72,000 a year super simply to your top line sales? So let's take uh, a regular salon for income generating team members. So that is four stylists, four therapists that are um, serving clients. Now, if the average client spend was $100 and you did an upgrade, $20 upgrade on every single client, 
Now, you might think, oh, I can't do that on everybody. But if you did a $40 upgrade on one client and no upgrade on the other client, on average, it's around $20 per client. So what costs $20 in your salon? Maybe an eye mask, maybe an eyelash tint, maybe a hair treatment, uh, maybe an extra few foils around the hairline. What can you do to upgrade every client on average by about $20? Now, if you did that, and all four of your team members improved that, did you know that's an extra $72,000 a year? This is doable. Like business does not have to be hard. Growing a business does not have to be hard, but it does have to be smart, right? That 30 minutes a week, if you times 30 minutes times 52 weeks, I don't know what that math is, <laughs> and you got $72,000 a year for that, would that be a valuable investment of your time? I'm actually going to get my calculator out right now, and I'm going to say, what did I say? 30 minutes times 52 that's, uh, and divide that by 60, that's 26 hours. It gets, that's 26 hour investments gives you $72,000. So I'm going to go 72,000 divided by 26. Uh, okay, that is worth $2,769 an hour. Would you like to get paid $2,769 an hour? I would. <laughs> so that is such a no-brainer for you. Spend 30 minutes a week on income generating, focused activity to teach your team to upgrade could be worth a lot, right? Hey, that is a wrap for this recap episode. I hope that the lasting message you got from the best advice from 2020 podcasts, um, the yellow review that is 2021, is that it's time to level up, like no more being average, be the one who actually decides to go for it. I see so many salon owners who have big, massive dreams for their salons, but only wind up constantly falling short, frustrated, uh, emotionally exhausted. And my question is, why? We all know that 2020 has been a rocky year, but it has passed. Many of us came across unexpected potholes in business, the pothole, the journey, you know, the road of business, many potholes, and I guess life in general. And salon owners have found themselves feeling defeated, overwhelmed, and that stress is starting to seep into every aspect of life. And I say, no more. It's time to change. So let's do things differently in 2021. Use this opportunity for a fresh start and run with it. Turn over a new page. It's time to write our own ending because now is your chance. If, if not now, then when? And instead of potentially falling short yet again, actually decide to go for it this year. So my next question to you is how? Well, that's where I come in. Come and chat with me about how I can help you level up in your business in 2021. The best place to find me is in the DMs, DM, PM, smoke signals, whichever way um, I'm on all the places. But you know, I hang out in Facebook Messenger. I'm going to leave the link to do so. But otherwise, on the Facebook group, I'm not hard to find. Um, we'll chat. Tell me a little bit more about your salon. Let's see if I'm the right person to help and how I can help you level up in 2021. Until then, Thanks for hanging out with me today and I look forward to tuning in with you same time, same place next week. Thanks for joining me on another episode of the podcast. Tune in every week as I reveal the latest insights and advice on what it takes to truly master your inner salon CEO and master your salon success. 
Subscribe to the Salon Owners Collective podcast on iTunes or Spotify, or visit us online at www.salonownerscollective.com. But make sure to join me in my Facebook group for answers to common questions and much, much more. Thanks for listening, and I look forward to tuning in with you again next week.